Alright students, today we're going to finish talking about Book 11 and Homer's Underworld or Hades. We're going to get into Book 12. We're going to there see Circe. We're going to game plan how we're going to go through the Sirens, uh, Scylla and Charybdis, and Thrinakia, the Isle of the Sun as well. So yesterday, we got into the Underworld. We're in the Underworld, or rather we're sort of in front of the Underworld with a circle of substances around us. It, there's blood, there's milk, I think there's also water. I say honey, but I was listening to a different translation last night. Of course, we use this translation by Richmond Lattimore, but I was listening to another very famous translation by Robert Fitzgerald. He's known to have been an excellent poet himself. He suggested that the circle that Odysseus made around himself is water, blood, and milk, which might change my interpretation a little bit, except for the fact that water is obviously a substance that you are mostly made of as well. So I do think that my, my interpretation that the substances that keep a, or my initial hypothesis was that the shades require some substance that is produced by an animal, like honey or blood or milk in order to be alive. I think also you might say that these are the substances that sustain animals. We eat honey. We eat blood. If you eat a raw steak, you're eating blood, by the way. That's what the red is. That's why people like raw steaks. We eat or drink milk and eat cheese in its form. And, of course, we also do we drink water. Yes, and so that's the idea. You have to offer what to the shades in order to get them to offer the information that they have. You have to offer even the shades hospitality. And so, excellent. And you see how... Just listening to a different translation informed and changed my interpretation in a protean way, which is why I should have just been reading the Greek. And actually, I think this summer, just as an exciting idea, I am going to be going through the Greek and posting lectures on that. So if you're the sort of person that claims that you would like to do something exceptional, learning some ancient Greek and reading this and that before you're 18 years old would be extraordinarily impressive. It would be something that almost nobody alive today does. And so you should think about that sort of thing. And so we went down into the underworld. Not really so down so much as they sort of appear around us at the edge of the known universe as far as we're concerned. We have, we have sailed all the way out to these so-called Chimerian people. Have you heard of them? Neither have I. That's the idea about them. They're so far away that we are on the edge of chaos as far as we are concerned. And so we first meet Elpenor. He tells us his sad story. He did not think to use the ladder to come back off the roof. After drinking wine, we know about Elpenor, that he is not a very intelligent individual. And we look at him with scorn. We look at him sort of like how we look at Thersites, and we look at Dolon from last uh, semester, the Iliad. That said, you will see a character I think you will associate far more with Thersites on the Isle of the Sun episode. A, what was the name of the man, step, or excuse me, brother-in-law to Odysseus, who spoke against Odysseus when the, he had lost Odysseus's men on Circe's Isle? Yes, it is Eurylochus. Eurylochus will also argue that the men stop on a very dangerous island. Obviously that island will be which island? Thrinakia, the Isle of the Sun. And then he will argue that the men because they're starving, should prefer to drown than rather to die. Who is it that Eurylochus recalls to us from the Iliad, who spoke many words but in great disorder, as if all he did was speak in order to break down people's integrity? Yes. 
Thersites. Yes, I think he will be far more like that. Good. So we met Elpenor. We then saw Anticlea. Anticlea was who to Odysseus that he did not know was dead. And so this is very tragic and sad. Yes. Mother. His mother. His mother. But he said, wait a minute, Mom, because the reason I'm down here is to go talk to the genie of the lamp. Just kidding. It's to talk to Tiresias. Sorry. So the, the, the bit of audio I'm listening to right now has the British pronunciations, and they're all so different. They call the Phaeacians Phaeacians. They call, uh, that. let me see, who is it? Uh, what was that? They call it Anticlea, 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 yes, very good. And they call uh, Tiresias, 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 which I sort of like that, but I don't like it that much. In any case, Tiresias gives us some bad news. We're cursed. The curse will either kill us, though we'll find out later from Poseidon that he does not actually intend to kill Odysseus, or we will show up in a bad state in somebody else's ship with all our companions dead to a home full of insolent suitors. So we learn that tragic. Then we get to learn another sad piece of information, which is that our mom died. We try and hug her three times. Can we hug in an insubstantial shade? No, we can't. We can't. And something that I should have been clearer about is the shades can only speak to Odysseus if he allows them to drink from the substance around him. The whole time he is also going to fear that the queen of the dead, Persephone, will send a gorgon head, Medusa, up to turn him to stone. The same idea will be housed in the inferno next year when we're going down deep into hell. What separates lower hell from upper hell will be a gate guarded by fallen angels, and there will be theories there, disgusting, scary, images of how you go crazy if you murder somebody of your own blood from Greek mythology, and they will threaten to bring the Medusa head up to turn Dante to stone. Actually, he'll hide himself very in a very cowardly way. Behind either, I can't recall it in that instance whether it's behind his own tunic or behind Virgil's, but I think he actually pulls Virgil's tunic up as if he were a little what and Virgil were his what? If he were a little baby and Virgil were his mom. Very good, very good, very good. All right, we also learned that even if you get home and deal with these suitors, you're going to have to sail off anyway to these purple-cheeked people who know nothing to the sun. You're going to have to plant your oar into the ground like a winnow fan, and then death will come to you out from the sea after you sacrifice to Poseidon. Is the work ever done for Odysseus? And the question you might well want to ask, because many students are like, is that fair, Mr. Schmidt? Is that fair? Is that fair? This guy goes through a whole lot. He doesn't even get to stay at home when he gets there. There is a poem by a guy named Alfred Lord Tennyson. Not Lord Alfred Tennyson. If you see somebody put it that way, you can laugh at them for being uneducated. He writes a poem called Ulysses. I'll read it to you soon. I might have it here now, but today is not the day to read it. Or is it? Or is it the day to read it? So I have here the poem, Ulysses. Would you like to hear it? This is a poem about, and this is by Alfred Lord Tennyson, about what would have happened if Odysseus made it home and stayed there. I want you all to give me a hypothesis very quickly. Knowing what you know about Odysseus and the fact that he chose to leave Calypso's Island, even after going through all of this, and remember, he still hasn't even made it to Calypso's Island. He's still telling the story of how he got there in the first place to the Phaeacians. And they are all listening. What is the word for listening in, in an enraptured way to an excellent storyteller? You are what bound? Spellbound. And it's interesting because they are literally spelling something out for you. Just like when you spell something in the air, A, B, C, D, or A, T, E, 
When someone speaks to you, are they not using words to create an image in your mind that you then follow through time, which is called a narrative? And if they're very good at it, do you not sit there staring at them, taking it all in? In fact, Dave Chappelle talks about that in his Netflix special. He says, you guys don't know this, but I'm up here telling jokes. You know how people look at me? He says, they look at me all like this. Their mouths hanging open, smiling, with their eyes open. Which I think is so funny, because I'm a teacher who generally is pretty enrapturing. How do you think you look to me when I look out at all of you? You don't look like that. You Sometimes. You actually you look kind of pleased and interested most of the time. Sometimes a little bit confused. And sometimes a little tired. Yes. So here's the poem. I want you to focus on whether it sounds like Odysseus is happy to be home or not. Because when many students complain about the fact that he has to keep working until he dies, they think, what about his retirement? Isn't it ever enough for him? Why do the gods demand so much of him? And then I want you to think about what a good life is. Is a good life one that, in which you have to work and suffer and strive for like 50 years and then 20 years you just do nothing? Like you're put out to field or pasture like a horse that can't run anymore? Or is a good life one where you work until there's no life left? Ulysses. It little profits that an idle king. What do you already know, just from one line? What is an idle king? What does it mean to be idle, or to have your engine idling in your car? Doing nothing. Doing nothing, exactly. What do you already know about this poem from the first line? That it's not positive. By this still hearth among these barren crags, matched with an aged wife, I meet and dole unequal laws unto a savage race. That hoard and sleep and feed and know not me, I cannot rest from travel. I will drink life to the lees. All times I have enjoyed greatly, have suffered greatly, both with those that loved me and alone, on shore and when through scudding drifts the raining Hyades vexed the dim sea. I am become a name. Well, always roaming with hungry heart, much have I seen and known. Mm. Cities of men and manners, climates, councils, excuse me, councils, governments, myself not least, but honored of them all, and drunk delight of battles with my peers, far on the ringing plains of windy Troy, windy Troy, I am a part of all that I have met, yet all experience is an arch wherethrough gleams an untraveled world, whose margin fades forever and forever when I move. How dull it is to pause, to make an end, to rust unburnished, not to shine in use, as though to breathe were life. Life piled on life were all too little, and of one to me little remains, but every hour is saved from that eternal silence, something more, a bringer of new things. Compile it were, for some three sons to store and hoard myself, and this gray spirit yearning and desire to follow knowledge like a, think, a, sink, excuse me, a sinking star beyond the utmost bound of human thought. This is my son, mine own Telemachus, to whom I leave the scepter and the isle, well-loved of me, discerning to fulfill this labor, by slow prudence to make mild a rugged people, and through soft degrees subdue them to the useful and the good. Most blameless is he, centered in the sphere of common duties, Decent not to fail in offices of tenderness, and pay meet adoration to my household gods when I am gone. He works his work, I mine. There lies the port. The vessel puffs her sail. 
There bloom the dark, broad seas, my mariners, souls that have toiled and wrought and thought with me, that ever with a frolic welcome took the thunder and the sunshine and opposed free hearts, free foreheads. You and I are old. Old age hath yet his honor and his toil. Death closes all, but something ere the end, some work of noble note may yet be done, not unbecoming men that strove with gods. The lights began to twinkle from the rocks, the long day wanes, the slow moon climbs, the deep moans round with many voices. Come, my friends, tis not too late to seek a newer world. Push off, and sitting well in order, smite the sounding furrows, for my purpose holds to sail beyond the sunset and the baths of all the western stars until I die. It may be that gulfs will wash us down. It may be we shall touch the happy isles and see the great Achilles whom we knew. Though much is taken, much abides. And though we are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Alfred Lord Tennyson, 1809-1892. And so I read that poem to you to illustrate a point about Odysseus. That is a poem about him grown now what? He is now what during the course of that poem? Old. old. And during that old time, even still he wants to do what? Stay and reign and be with Telemachus and his wife, which strive to seek to find and never to yield. And so you might still wonder if, is this curse of Odysseus to forever be seeking that which he has not found? Is that a curse at all? That's a very interesting point to be making, a very interesting point. And I suppose along a different dimension you might say, is it a curse to Odysseus or simply to his men? And then you might well ask, what is the curse to his men? Is it that they, like Odysseus, had a choice for how to conduct themselves during the course of this journey, and how they conducted themselves, their own choices, leads to their own demise. Is the greatest curse one can have lacking the perseverance to see through one's goals, to start on a path, and to make it to the end of that path? Because who's the only person we know who does it? Odysseus. Very good. All right. Good. So we spoke to, we saw a procession of famous women. I mentioned to you Jocasta, very famous for laying with her son uh, after he killed their father, though unbeknownst to them in a great dramatic bit of irony. We then talked, uh, we saw Tiro too, who lay with, um, who lay with Poseidon, a couple of pieces about her. She was the mother of Pelias, Pelias, not Peleus, the father of, who was Peleus the father of? Achilleus. Very good. But the, um, the brother of Nellius. Does anybody recall who Nellius was the father of? I'd be so impressed if you recalled this from the Iliad. You should know this. Yes. Nestor. Very good. Nestor. Nestor. And so Tiro, though she lay with a god, I think she meant to lay with a river god, perhaps the Iniopius or the Anipius. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, Poseidon took the form of the river and lay with her instead, and then she had profoundly wise children. Very interesting. Poseidon apparently seems to sometimes have physically augmented powerful children, the giants and the cyclopes, but sometimes also highly intelligent and wise ones. So we now know that Nestor's line actually comes through uh, Poseidon being uh, very, very tricky. Very tricky. So we saw Agamemnon. One thing we know about Agamemnon is he still does what? 
Blames other people for what? His problems. He's killed by his wife. He was the one that did not figure out the fact that she was angry at him for killing Iphigenia, their child, and tricking her by saying that he was going to marry Iphigenia to Achilles instead. He killed her in order to get favorable winds to go to Troy. This stirred resentment in her heart, opened up the door to her being seduced by Aegisthus, who wanted his throne. And all of this happened. Did Agamemnon know any of this had happened? No, but did he even look? And that's the problem. When he got home, he thought things were as they had been. Who is not to think in that way when he gets home? Because that will lead to him dying. Odysseus. Very good. Very good, very good. We saw Achilles too. Achilles, what great thing are you now doing here, Odysseus? Come down even to Troy. And actually, Odysseus has done a couple incredible things since Achilles has died, including what? That Achilles failed to do? Sacking Troy. And so who is... The greater man by deeds at this moment. Odysseus. And so Achilles, he focuses on his own father and son. He says, do you know about my, my, my father? If only I were as strong for one day as I was when I was alive, I could go and dispense justice to anybody that hurt my father, Peleus. And then, how is my son? And Odysseus says, well, I've been on the, the water. I've been on the road, bro. I don't know about your dad. But your son... He killed a lot of people, and he was always good in counsel like you. And he was only second to me and to Nestor, because I'm really smart. You know. And Odysseus did directly say that to Achilles. Recall he said, with the spear you are far greater than I, but since I am older, I'm better in counsel. I've got the brain. But he did tell Achilles that Achilles' son did kill a great man, the greatest man after Memnon, named, does anybody recall the name of that person? Eurypolis. Eurypolis means wide door, wide door. And then we got to Aias. Aias approaches. And this new translation I've been listening through is very interesting. And it's very interesting to listen to Homer because, of course, that's how originally Homer was. Homer was originally recited by rhapsodes in Ioidoi and probably by Homer himself. Achilles is willing to talk to Odysseus, though, as we noted, he still seems to have a grass-is-always-greener way of looking at things. Though he is now dead and honored above the parish dead, he would rather be a thrall, a slave to a poor farmer, whereas he had all things on in life. Were they enough for him? No, he was treated like a god. He had a goddess mother. He sacked 23 cities and was essentially invisible and never, or invincible, excuse me, hardly invisible, because he was very tall and beautiful. He had great looks, great speed. Everybody honored him, and yet was it ever enough for him? No, he's like the folktale of the fisherman's wife, who keeps sending the fisherman back to the sea to catch a magical fish that grants him wishes because his wishes are never big enough. Is anything ever good enough for Achilles? Will anything ever be good enough for him? Too bad, because now he's dead, will anything ever change for him? Should have fixed his attitude while he was alive. Same with Agamemnon. They now exist as examples for how to be or how not to be. Bang, and that's the big, that is the big way that you judge characters throughout time because in the Iliad, those men were striving to be the people that we are supposed to strive after. And when you think Agamemnon, Achilles, Odysseus, who obviously is the person who means, who is the person who is representative of winning? Odysseus of all people, not the man who commanded the most men, not the man who was most beautiful, strongest, and fastest of men, but 
the whatest of men? The smartest. The one who uses his head. Right. And so we see additional people down here, too, still doing what they did while they were alive. We see Orion. We know he was a great hunter. I told you the story of Orion, I believe, right? There are two stories about him. I know one. One is this. Artemis very much loved Orion. This means that he's a great hunter, who, of course, became quite jealous, being twin brother and brother odd god to Artemis. Apollo, very good, the sun and the moon. That is the idea between behind Apollo and Artemis, that they are the twins in that respect. Yes, very good, very good. Well, and one day, Apollo, feeling very jealous of the affections that Orion was perceiving, said, hey, could you swim out across this body of water? It was an ocean. It was the sea. So he tried to swim. He said yes. Very similar to, there's, what is it? Who is it? Yes, it was um, in Beowulf. Beowulf is known to have attempted to swim across the sea. Interesting, in Norse mythology, too, uh, uh, Thor, who is very like Hercules or Heracles in the Greek mythology, he attempts to drink the sea in a drinking contest against giants. But he didn't know it was the sea. So he tries to drink a flagon, and he's like, and he looks at it after he takes a mighty gulp, and he says, wow, it didn't even, the level of the liquid didn't even go down. <laughs> holy, holy cow. And then he tries again, it goes down just a tiny bit, and then he goes down just a little bit. And he's only told later by the giant who's tricking him, because the giants are very tricky in Norse mythology because they're very smart. He's told, oh, the reason why the level of the liquid didn't go down is you weren't drinking some wine. You were drinking the ocean. And that's how I knew I wasn't going to mess with you, because what did Thor accomplish so he thought he didn't do anything? He reduced the level of even the what? The ocean. The ocean, which obviously takes great strength in time, which is what that story means. But so, yes, Orion was then shot, or Artemis was then bet. Could you hit that speck off in the distance, which is Orion in the ocean, though she could not tell? She says yes. She shoots her arrow. She hits him. He dies. Very tragic. In any case, Orion here, just like he was alive, just as Agamemnon makes excuses for why he's there, just as he did when he was alive, just as Achilles is not happy with what he has there, just like he was when he was alive. So Orion, as a hunter while he was alive, is doing what still, of course? Hunting, of course, of course. And then Minos, who is a great judge, Minos, who is the father of the Minotaur and is the son of Zeus, and is the first king of Crete, the archetypal king. Almost as if he is, and he is born in the same place that Zeus is born, as if where Zeus is born, so is civilization born, as he is the principle of order. He is down there judging. Keep him in mind. You will see him in Canto 5 of the Inferno next year. You will have a snake tail. And he will there be judging the dead as well. Now, the most interesting person that we meet. That's a great picture of Minos, by the way. There's Orion. Oh, yes, we did talk about that. Oh, yeah, so just to make sure, just to tell you I'm right, I was wondering if I had this slide in there. So I'll get to what it was I was saying for a second. But during the catalog of famous women, which, of course, precedes the, uh, the encounter with Agamemnon and the Achaeans, Achilles and Aias the Greater, um, oh, yes, and I need to mention that, too. Poseidon did impersonate Tyro's love, the river Anipheus, and lay with her, and she bore Pelias and Nellius, uh, Nestor's father. I'm glad that I said that to you. In any case, after Achilles and Agamemnon disperse, we get a chance to speak to Aias the Greater. Now, Aias the Greater is still a bit upset about the fact that he lost the arms of Achilles in a speech contest to Odysseus. So Odysseus attempts to implore him. He says, put away the thoughts of the past eyes. And yet, 
when I aside, which emotion filled his soul, like the emotion that filled Achilles' soul throughout the Iliad, yes? Anger and rage. So what is it he feels even in death? Can he forgive now that he is dead if he did not do it while he was living? No. And sadly it's said that whether he forgave Odysseus or not, and whether Odysseus even got to hear anything from Aias, he fled it off. He fled it off. He refuses to speak to Achilles. We will, or excuse me, to Odysseus. We will see a very similar um, uh, event happen in the underworld of the Aeneid. There will be somebody who is very upset at our protagonist, Aeneas, and she will refuse to speak to him. She will refuse to speak to him. I'm going to move this very quickly just to take a look at this what is it that I was trying to say? ah yes so I was introducing as if we were about to go straight to Heracles but we will end book 11 with Heracles because now we must see the three men who are being punished forever and learn a little bit about them they are Sisyphus Tantalus and Tidius then we will see Heracles here are some pictures of them Sisyphus, Tantalus, and Tidius. And so, some information about them exactly. What is Sisyphus doing? He is forever, and I'll, I'll get it back for you, I'm not trying to mess with you. Sisyphus is forever rolling a boulder up a hill, which the second it gets to the top, it rolls back down, and he rolls it back up. And he rolls back down and he rolls it back up. It's sort of like how you might feel in the middle of a semester when you wake up with your mom telling you to wake up or your alarm clock going off at the same time every day. Same time every day. Same time every day. Same time every day. What is the word for doing the same thing over and over again even though you don't feel like doing it? We call that pure what? Drudgery. Drudgery. Like you're just trudging on without ever ending. And so will his work ever end? No, and some people see that as a mark of ultimate punishment. Some people, like the philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche, say that is the perspective you must have on life because does it ever end until it's gone? Uh, does it ever end until it ends? No, no. And so why does he have that punishment? Sisyphus, who some people say is the progenitor of Odysseus, is related to Odysseus, was a very tricky individual. He was known when death came for him, Thanatos, to have tricked death. They've said, death, I bet you can't fit in this bottle or something of the like. And then death, of course, falls for the trick. And no death comes throughout the world for some amount of time. I think it was 12 or 13 months until Ares becomes very upset. Ares, the god of war, because the whole point of war is that when you fight against people, they what? They die. But if death is trapped, then nobody can die. Then the order of the universe is upset. And so Sisyphus had to eventually be caught by Hermes, the trickiest of the gods. And then he was put to this terrible punishment for all eternity to stand as an example for never attempting to trick death. Because you might well want to think about this. Does Sisyphus get what he wants? He attempted to escape death, and so now he gets to work for all time and never stop. It is almost as if the trick is on whom? Him. Very good. 
Live by the sword, die by the sword. Live by the trick, die by the trick. Ayas. Tidius. Tidius is very famously represented in art as a figure, generally fairly naked looking, with chains about him, with not one, but two vultures eating his liver. There's another character in art who also has vultures eating his liver. Technically, it's a, it is one eagle. His name is Prometheus. If you would like to be annoying at an art museum and you see a representation of Tidios, who is a commonly represented figure, because he represents sort of how things eat away at you in life, you will know the difference between him and Prometheus is he has two vultures, whereas Prometheus only has one. They're very similar, very similar things. Well, why is he having his liver consumed by two eagles. It's highly symbolic. This is how you will call this. Because he's attempted, because he's punished for attempting to take Leto by force before he was struck down by the two children of Leto, Artemis and Apollo. What do the two vultures represent? Artemis and Apollo. Very good. The children taking out on the man who attempted to hurt their mother his punishment. The children punishing the man for their trespasses against their mama. So they say, you don't talk about our mama that way, you don't try it in that way, and then they eat his liver for all time. Good, 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 good. Tantalus. Tantalus, I think, has perhaps the gnarliest punishment. He is an ancestor of Agamemnon, of all people. We get the word or the verb in our Language tantalize from this. To tantalize somebody with something is to hang it in front of their face, but to remove it the second they grab it. So if you were a nimbly bimbly cat and this were a string and I were doing this, what would you try to do? Try to grab it. You try and I'd do what? You pull it away. Can you demonstrate? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so smart, I'm so smart. You're a cat. Ha ha ha. I'm so smart. Have you all ever done that? Do you ever think that that's sort of shameful? Seeing as of course you're a human, they're a cat. How much schooling have they done? How much schooling do you do? It's like, think about that. You get like seven hours of school a day and then several hours of homework and then sports. It's like, are we training you all day long every day? How hard does that mean it is to train you? How smart are you then? <laughs> a lot smarter than a cat, that's for sure. That's for sure. Though they're very good at catching birds. You're not as good at that. Unless you are. Any of you? No. All right. Tantalus, what he tried to do is this. He wanted to test the omniscience of the gods. That means, are they all knowing? Are they all seeing? One of the gods, Demeter, had recently had her daughter abducted by Hades, so she was very sad. So what he did is he killed his son, Pelops, which is why the Peloponnesian Peninsula is named such. That is where Greece is, modern-day Greece, and then Argos. He chopped up his son into a little stew and fed it to the gods. Now all the gods are omniscient. So they saw this. So they did not eat Pelops, except for one, because she was... Her vision was obscured by sadness, and that was Demeter. She ate the shoulder of Pelops. Well, Zeus figured all of this out, and so he decided to punish Tantalus. He also reconstituted Pelops. He had Heracot, or excuse me, Hephaestus do this and give him a golden shoulder. What they decided to do to this guy for trying to test the gods is they put him in some water, submerged him up to his chin. Whenever he gets thirsty, he is always thirsty, by the way. He is parched forever. The water recedes when he tries to drink it. Above him is a fruit tree that's essentially like a candy tree, full of figs and pomegranates and olives and several other sorts of fruits. 
And he's constantly hungry. He's famished. He wants to eat them. They recede away from him. He is forever tantalized, having the things he wants most right in front of them, but never being able to want them, to grasp them, to have them. All right, we will end next time with Heracles. One thing I just want to say to you so that you know it is this. He is known to be a shade and a god. How is it that he can leave a shade, but also have been assumed as a god? We'll talk about that next time.